Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of God's grace, which will empower you to change your world and live the overcoming life. Now, to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubinministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. Grace doesn't lead to inactivity. I want you to understand this, that under grace, works are still involved. Again, I'll say, that, I'll say this again, under grace, there's still works. There's still things that we are called to do, yet the difference is this, that under grace, the motivation for our works has changed. Now, we distinguish here between the works of the law and works of, of faith works of the law and works of faith. You see, works of faith are born out of our faith in Jesus. Works of faith are uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Works of faith are motivated by love. Now, works of the law, on the other hand, are born out of obligation. In other words, I feel obligated. I, I, I have to do this. Uh, Alex, I, I, I'm going to pray for several hours uh, today because I feel I have to in order to get God to move in my life. Uh, and so uh, works of, of the law, you can recognize and test yourself uh, whether or not you're uh, performing under the law. Works of the law are born out of obligation. It's any time that you think you have to do something in order to get God to do something. Uh, they're born out of obligation too. Uh, works of, of, of the law, they, they are forced upon our flesh. In other words, works of the law is kind of like, you know, I don't really want to do this, but I have to do it anyway. <laughs> you know, that's works of the law. And works of the law are motivated by fear. And, and, and so in other words, there's a fear that if I don't do this, uh, I'm not going to get blessed. There's a fear if I don't give, I'm going to get cursed. Well, that's old covenant. And so works of the law are born out of obligation. They're forced upon the flesh. They're motivated by fear. Works of faith, however, are born out of your faith in Jesus. In other words, I believe Jesus has already blessed me. I believe Jesus has already made prosperity available to me. And so I give, not because I'm afraid that if I don't give, I'm going to get cursed. No, I give because I believe I've already received. And now watch this. Two is that works of faith are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And three is they're motivated by love. And so the Holy Spirit now, watch this, because I believe I've already been blessed, because I believe I've already been prospered, the Holy Spirit will now inspire me to give. Why? Because love will motivate me to give. Amen. I, I pray you guys are catching this. Uh, it's, it's, it's really a change of, of, of why you're doing something under the law. We perform to try to get God to do something. There's an obligation under grace. We believe we've already been blessed. And so because we're believing on Jesus, we're believing that Jesus has already made his unmerited favor available to us. As a result, now the Holy Spirit works in us. The Holy Spirit transforms us. The Holy Spirit inspires us to take action. And the uh, inspired action that comes from the Holy Spirit is always motivated by love. You see, the law says we must do in order to get God to do. Grace says Jesus has already done. Now let, let's look to Jesus and believe. And then your actions will come out of that. You see, you can't ever separate your actions from your believing. 
How many know right believing will produce right living and wrong believing will produce wrong living? And so, friends, the radical truth is this, that, that as the church, we're called to do, what we're called to do is to point people to Jesus. We're not called to tell people about the 10 things they have to do to get right with God. No, we're called to point them to Jesus and to tell them, believe on Jesus, Jesus makes you right with God. You see, and people are afraid to do that because they think, well, Alex, you're just gonna give people a license to sin, a license to do whatever they wanna do. But I've said last week, friends, that you don't want to Forget the Holy Spirit's role in this. You see, the Spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit, once a person believes on Jesus, the Holy Spirit will begin to work in that person. The Holy Spirit will begin to mold and shape that person. The Holy Spirit will um, inspire correct actions. He'll, he'll inspire you uh, to works of faith. He'll inspire you to do the right thing. He'll inspire you and he'll motivate you by love. And so I pray you're catching this. Now let's look at these two scriptures. I, I realize I haven't even... Uh, looked at the scriptures yet. Amen. Um, Zechariah chapter 4 uh, verse 6 and then Hebrews uh, 10 29 just as the foundation uh, once again. Uh, Zechariah 4 6 says, Then he answered and spake unto me saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel saying, Not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts. That is describing grace. That any victory that's going to happen in your life, it's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by your effort. It's not going to be because you kept all of the rules. It's going to be by your reliance and dependence on the Holy Spirit. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. And actually, I'm really just going to look at the last part of that verse in the uh, Amplified. Again, just to lay the foundation uh, today. This is Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29 in the Amplified Bible, uh, the last part of that verse, where he says this, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he says, the Holy Spirit who imparts grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God. And so what I want you to notice is that the Holy Spirit imparts grace. In fact, I'll read the uh, uh, King James also. I want you to just see, and I'll read the whole verse in the King James. He says uh, in Hebrews 10, 29, Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant where which he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto, here it is, the Spirit of grace. And so I just want you to see this from Scripture. I want you to see from Scripture that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace. And the Amplified says that the Holy Spirit imparts grace the unmerited favor and the blessing of God. Now remember, the Holy Spirit imparting the grace of God is when grace is at work on the inside of you. That's when the Holy Spirit starts to work in you and He starts to mold and shape you and transform you from the inside out. In other words, the Holy Spirit uh, imparting the grace means that as you just continue to believe on Jesus, Again, it's about having this grace encounter. It's about encountering Jesus. You continue to believe on Jesus. You continue to believe on him and, and, and behold him in his word. Now the spirit of grace is at work on the inside of you. And man, what he does is he takes away those old sinful desires. He gives you new desires. 
The Holy Spirit working in you, imparting the grace of God into you, means that He supernaturally helps you to break some addictions you may uh, uh, used to be in bondage to. The Holy Spirit working in you means that He's transforming your heart. He's, he's, he's really molding and shaping you into who God has already called you and created you to be. When you have Christians who are struggling with sin and they just can't seem to uh, break that sin. They can't seem to break free from that sin. Well, oftentimes the what happens is that there's something wrong about their believing. In other words, the Christians who will struggle the most with sin are usually the ones who believe, well, Alex, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, friend, that is wrong belief. If that's what you've been taught, I want you to understand that what the Bible says is that you, you used to be a sinner. All of us used to be a sinner. But then what happened is you encountered Jesus. Amen. You encountered the grace of God. You got born again. And the very moment you got born again, watch this. You're no longer a sinner saved by grace. No, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see, who you are is the righteousness of God. Who you are is, is a saint. The Bible calls you a saint if you're born again. And so what you got to do is you got to begin to see yourself that way. You got to begin to identify yourself as who you are in Christ. And what happens is that the Holy Spirit begins to respond now to your correct uh, believing. He, he, he starts to respond, praise God, as you believe the Word of God. And what he does is he will make the Word of God real to you. Now, when he makes the Word of God real to you, that's when you start to see the breakthrough. In other words, you may be struggling with a sin, uh, but you start to just believe and you start to declare on the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not because you're trying to get that to happen, but because you believe that Jesus already made you righteous. Well, as you do that, the Holy Spirit is working on the inside of you and, 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 and he'll make the Word real to you. And, and, and before you know it, all of a sudden, what you couldn't do in your own effort now happens as a result of the Spirit of grace, and you start to break free from that sin. You start to break free from that addiction, friends. This is how transformation happens in the Christian life. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by self-effort. It's not self-help. No, it's you depending on Jesus. It is you relying upon Him. It is you uh, trusting that His Spirit is at work in you. Amen. And so I, I, I pray you guys are catching this. Turn with me uh, to uh, the book of Colossians, uh, chapter 1. Uh, we'll look at verses 5 and 6. Because what I want to do today, and I may not be able to finish all of this today, uh, but we'll see how far we get. What I want to do is I want us to start to look at some of the things, you know, that people have, some of the objections that people have sometimes when it comes to grace. And I want to hopefully, uh, hopefully be able to clear up some misunderstandings that people have when it comes to grace. Now, one of the misunderstanding is that grace just gives a person license to sin. It just gives a person, you know, uh, license to go and live any any kind of way they want to live. Well, I want you to know that is not the truth. Uh, look at Colossians chapter 1 verses 5 and 6. Um, and uh, this is what he says. Uh, verse 5 says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Notice the word of the truth of the gospel. Verse 6 says, which is come unto you as it is in all the world 
and it bringeth forth fruit, the word brings forth fruit, amen, as it doeth also in you since the day you heard of it, and watch this, this is what I want you to see, and knew the grace of God in truth. So there's something called the grace of God in truth. Some people have an understanding of the grace of God, but they don't understand the grace of God in truth. Now, what is the grace of God in truth? Well, the Bible tells us it's the word of the truth of the gospel. It's, it's, it's the good news of, of the gospel. And so the grace of God in truth is the gospel, and it's really Jesus. And so what I want you to see is that the grace of God in truth is Jesus. You see, a person can have an understanding of the grace of God, but if you don't tie that understanding to Jesus, if you don't make the connection between grace and Jesus, you're not going to have the grace of God in truth. And so there's going to be an error in your understanding. And so the grace of God in truth is Jesus. Now what that means is that we cannot ever remove Jesus and his finished works at Calvary from, from grace. Because Jesus is grace. How many know the Bible says, Jesus full of grace and truth? Amen. The law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And so we will never be able to fully understand grace until we connect grace directly to what Jesus has done for us on the cross. You know, it's not like God all of a sudden changed his mind about sin. All of a sudden, sin is, is not an issue. No. What happened is that Jesus dealt with our sin 2,000 years ago. And because Jesus dealt with our sin 2,000 years ago, well, that's why God can deal with you in grace and mercy, friend. You see, that's why your sin is, is a non-issue with God, not because sin is okay all of a sudden with God. No, it's because Jesus already dealt with your sin. And so when you understand this, when you understand the grace of God and truth, watch this, grace does not encourage the believer to sin. Because the grace of God in truth reveals that the penalty for our sin has already been paid in full by the blood of Jesus. And so, man, when you know the price that was paid for you on your behalf, when you know what Jesus has done for you on your behalf, man, that's not going to make you want to go and sin. That's not going to make you want to go and sin. You see, it's really knowing the price that was paid for us, what happens is that connects us now on our heart level to Jesus. I told you this is about the heart. New Covenant ministry is all about the heart. It's not about me uh, sharing intellectual ideas with you. No, this is me ministering to you from my heart to your heart. Amen. I want to share my heart with you guys. And so what happens is, and I know this from my own experience, when you believe on Jesus and when you understand the price that he paid for you, the price that he paid for us, that connects you to him on a heart level. And when you're connected to him on the heart level, when you're connected to Jesus on the heart level, that's when the Holy Spirit is able to work on the inside of you and he'll start to produce, praise God, that supernatural change and transformation. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. And I want to look at this. I'll read it to you guys from the um, New Living Translation. I want you to see this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 in the New Living Translation says this. He says, For it is God, well, excuse me, for, for God is working in you, giving you, here it is, the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. 
It is God working in you, giving you the desire, praise God, and the power to do what pleases Him. Question, how is God working in you? Well, God is working in you by means of His Spirit, amen? So God is at work in you by means of His Spirit. Somebody says, Alex, it, it didn't say anything about the Holy Spirit in this verse. It said, God is working in, in me. Well, friend, what you want to understand is that we're not dealing with three different uh, entities. Amen. We understand that we serve one God, but this one God is revealing Himself to us as Father. It's one God functioning as Father, one God functioning as the Son, one God functioning as the Holy Spirit. And so the way God functions in our lives, the way God reveals Himself to man is through this uh, three-part nature, through Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but they're not three different gods, amen? It's one God. And so whenever you see it's God who is working in you, well, the way He works in you, friend, is by means of His Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit working in us, He says, He gives us the desire, praise God, and He gives us the power. The word power here means ability to do what pleases Him. Now, now here's what happens. When you have believers who don't understand this and they try through their own efforts to to work to please God, well, that cuts you off from the grace of God and it really puts you under the law. You're really uh, performing under the law. But this new covenant way, friends, is you relying and depending upon the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Somebody says, Alex, how do I do that? You just believe. Friend, you see, the most important thing for you to do is to believe. Somebody says, Alex, the most important thing for us to do is to resist sin. I got, I got to strive and I got to struggle to resist sin. No, friend, the most important thing for you to do is to believe that Jesus already dealt with your sin. Praise God. The most important thing for you to do is to believe this gospel of grace, to believe this word of grace. And as you do, the Holy Spirit is working on the inside of you. He will transform you supernaturally. Look at uh, Psalms chapter 37, verse 4. I want to show you some more scriptures here that really make this very plain. Psalms chapter 37 verse 4. This is a familiar scripture now that many of us have heard before, but I really want to show you this in kind of a different light. Uh, I really believe that this scripture oftentimes is misunderstood and misinterpreted. Now, uh, the scripture is this. I'll, I'll read it. Psalms 37 verse 4 says, he says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, the way that this is oftentimes interpreted is, is uh, you know, just delight yourself in the Lord. Uh, make sure you, you, you work hard and you delight yourself in the Lord, and then God's going to give you whatever you want. Well, friends, that's not exactly what this verse is, is saying. Now, what he's really talking about is, is that when he gives you the desires of your heart, Man, this is huge. Thank you, Lord. What this really means is that He will birth the desires in your heart. In other words, God giving you the desires of your heart means that He is the one that is planting, praise God, the desires in your heart. Now, how does He do that? He does it as you delight yourself in the Lord. As you delight yourself in the Lord, 
Holy Spirit works in you and he will plant the desires of God in your heart. He's really going to be giving you God's dream for your life. He's going he's gonna to give you God's vision for your life. How? As you delight yourself in the Lord. Now, to delight yourself in him means really, that word really means to be soft before him. It's really to, man, it's really to let him into our hearts. It's really to let Jesus into our hearts. You know, to delight in the sense really means that it's the the, we, the weaker vessel, vessel, which is us, submitting to the greater vessel, which is God. That's how you delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, it's not you, you know, it's not this performance type thing where, you know, I got to work hard and delight myself in the Lord. No, friend, it's, it's exactly the opposite. It's you softening yourself before the Lord and letting him into your heart. It's you, the, the, weaker, the, the weaker vessel, uh, praise God, um, submitting yourself to the greater vessel. In other words, it's, it's me saying, Lord, here I am. Lord, I need you. Lord, I depend upon you. Lord, I need you to work in me. And, and when you delight yourself in, in, in him in that way, what happens is, our hearts are being softened before God. Man, watch this, even to the point of being completely open and vulnerable before Him. And so what I'm really talking about here is relationship. What I'm really talking about here is intimate, one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus. That's what this Christian life is all about. Principles are important. Principles have their place. But I've told you before that the strength and the empowerment of this Christian life comes out of your personal relationship with Jesus. Now, this personal relationship with Jesus is not a performance, guys. It's not something that you do, you know, when you're at church. You know, I'm worshiping the Lord because I'm at church. No, it's, it's something you do 24-7. It's something you do 24-7, you know. The first thing I do in the morning when I get up is, is I thank Him. I praise Him and I thank Him. And I just spend some, time, some, some moments there with Him. I might pray in the Holy Ghost a bit. And all throughout the day, I'm fellowshipping with Him. All throughout the day, uh, I'm, 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 I'm thanking Him. And I'm, you know, I like to sometimes say it like this. I'm talking things over with Him. <laughs> and so it's really... It's a real organic relationship with Jesus. Now, in this relationship, friends, um, you know, you, 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 you know, there's a place for for us uh, sharing with a close friend, perhaps, you know, about some things going on in our lives and and, and all of that. But I want you to understand that this relationship is really of of such a kind that man, you can share things with him. That you might not be able to share with somebody else. I mean, you, you, this is what I mean by being open and vulnerable before Him. You know, it's not coming before God and, and, and thinking you have to perform in a certain type of way. No, it's you coming before Him and just really being open and honest with Him. Man, He already knows everything about you anyway, so you might as well be open and honest with Him, right? And so you share things with Him and watch this. As you do that, this actually allows Him now to to shine his light, man, into the broken and dark places on the inside of us. And, and when this happens, that's when healing and restoration and the birthing of new desires take place.
Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. To learn more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. I pray you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. And I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.